Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Snooze Flip is the most universal mattress on the planet, a mattress that is designed to fit everybody and everybody. Snooze Mattress is introducing the world's first four-in-one mattress where you can choose from soft, firm, cool, or cozy. Flip it to choose your comfort level and zip it with our reversible and washable temperature regulated cover. What you want today might not be what your body needs tomorrow. You buy one mattress to last eight years, but a lot can change in that amount of time as you get fitter, heavier, and older. Customize your comfort, zip it, flip it, and choose your snooze. Did you know a study at UC Berkeley suggests that couples who struggle to sleep well fight more often? We spend half of our lives asleep, and for some of us, we spend 100% of that time sleeping alongside our significant other. The snooze flip split king it would allow couples to customize their sleep for more restful nights and without sleeping in different rooms. Don't sacrifice your sleep for your partner. Welcome, welcome in. This is the DNVR Avalanche pro- Podcast brought to you by Mr. Bird with the with the broadcast. Brought to you by DraftKings. Uh, guys, it's Christmas week, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, has a gift that will certainly put you in the holiday spirit. New customers can bet just five dollars on any yeah. NBA team and win one hundred. $150 in free bets if they are victorious. It's a great way uh, to put some extra jingle in your pocket. Uh, all DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get in the Christmas spirit with a holiday free bet surprise. Everyone will get a free bet up to $50 instantly uh, as DraftKings gives away up to $10 million in prizes. DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable, and best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. That is 100% true. I always make sure to pull that out of there once I get a little bit too uh, too, uh, too up, not to tempt myself. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook sportsbook for details. And, of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Jesse Montano with AJ Hayfleet. We are waiting on our boy Rudo. He had uh, something kind of come up last minute. So he will be joining us. Uh, so we're gonna tread water a little bit here till he uh, till he gets in. AJ, uh, how you doing, man? How was your weekend? It was good, dude. It was yeah. very chill. Very nice. chill. Uh, as you can see, going on behind me, we are packing. Uh, we are yeah, leaving tomorrow good. for Texas. Be in Texas for I guess the rest of this year. So damn, we are in that t- uh, territory where oh, see you next year, Hong Kong. Yeah. Hong. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a little early to start it on the 20th, but un- <laughs> it's unfortunately true in this case. It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not like the 30th and you're like, 
getting wistful about, oh, that's yeah. the last time that I'll do X, Y, and Z this year. Right. Oh, how romantic. Oh, man, the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, for sure. Uh, well, nice. No, that's awesome. And, and of course, since you will be in, uh, in Texas for the rest of the year, uh, AJ will be at the Dallas game. So make sure, uh, that you're locked yep. into everything that he's going to be bringing you guys from there. Assuming I'm heading to Dallas game. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm heading to Vegas, uh, for that game. So we should, we should, uh, be bringing you guys some fun coverage from the road, assuming that the road still happens. Um, <laughs> Assuming that the road still exists. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, since we've got a little bit of time to kill this week, we brought it up to you guys a few times uh, that, hey, we're going to be kind of getting into uh, just some different things that maybe we wouldn't normally get into on the show. Uh, and we're not necessarily at like a significant stopping point. We're not at the Olympic break, all-star break, quarter mark of the season, halfway. But we're taking advantage of this week where we've got some time off to kind of reflect on what has been already in the season for the Avalanche. Uh, good and bad and while we wait for our boy Rudo who's I'm sure got some opinions uh, we're going to kind of start and AJ you and I are going to kind of cram good and bad um, into one segment for the NHL as a whole what has been going well what hasn't been going well what has surprised you uh, what has been a fun thing to watch what has been a not very fun thing to watch um, so I'll let you kick it off Look, give me a Give me a good that you've got for the NHL so far this season, AJ. Uh, the, I think I'll combine a couple of things, but uh, I think what Alex Ovechkin is doing. You took mine and, immediately. And I think the <laughs> duo in Edmonton is phenomenal for the league. This kind of this kind of super hyper elite, like next level transcendent kind of talent in production. Um, the the feeling that you're you're seeing something special, it's timed perfectly with opening it up to the broader audience of ESPN mm-hmm. and ABC and TNT, and I think that I think that that's a wonderful wonderful addition for just sports fans in general, people that want to get into hockey that want to tune in and be like, all right, who are the who are the dope guys that I have to keep an eye on. Uh, and I just think when you have the the league's greatest goal scorer in Alex Ovechkin, mm-hmm. um, and I and I think then you, when you have the what the duo in Edmonton is doing, I just it's so special, man. I I just think it, it? it's wonderful for the league, and mm-hmm. it's easily one of the things that on a night to night basis you sit down and you're just like, yeah, I want to follow these teams, I want to follow these guys, I want to watch this. Isn't it crazy though that? Even with that going on in Edmonton, you still have fans throwing jerseys on the ice because things aren't going great. <laughs> yeah, I mean they dared to lose a few games, so yeah. Uh, no, do Ed- you Edmonton's you... whole mo is dare to be mediocre, regardless of their talent level. <laughs> dare to be. Hey, we'll have two of the best players on earth and still be in the middle of the league. You watch. Uh, no, dude, I I it's... fully. It's honestly impressive how aggressive they chase the middle of the road. It's nuts. It's nuts. Um, no, dude, the Alex Ovechkin thing is easily the number one for me. Like, this is now becoming a thing, not just within the hockey circles, but within the sports community, and therefore, you know, starting to branch outside of yeah. even that, where it's like, 
You're chasing hey, a major you're, record here. Right. You're you're chasing a Wayne Gretzky record. The most casual of hockey fan, the you know, anybody who knows anything about and when I say anything, I mean that very literally about yeah. sports knows who Wayne Gretzky is. Yeah. Um, and the fact that you are looking at one of his records that many said would never fall, it falls into the category of yep, that'll never be touched. You have someone who is on a legitimate chase for that. Um, it, I mean, it's it's becoming must-see TV, especially a year or two from now when you start entering into that territory of, yeah, he's seriously closing the gap. Uh, but, I mean, he's one goal away from being the NHL's all-time power play goal leader. Um, I mean, it just seems like every night when he scores a goal, he climbs some type of list. It's crazy. Uh, it's It's nuts. And I, I mean, think, so I, I think it's great for like you're you're talking about just to build off of it. I think that it's great for the sports zeitgeist. I mean, yeah. you're you when when Barry Bonds was chasing down the home run record, you know, I mean, we would later learn that Barry Bonds kind of sucks and is a comical over the top cheater. But <laughs> uh, like, there's there's you can't fake what o, what Ov is doing. You know, there's no amount of steroids that can, that he can take that's gonna. That, that that's right. driving what he's doing well and it's the longevity at which he's done it like i mean he's on pace right now to smash his career high which is already i mean 60 goals in anything post lockout yeah. salary cap era is amazing only a couple guys have done it and i mean he's on pa- uh on pace to to beat that um it's, it's just it's yeah. and, and so i i put a tweet out yesterday and then i did a little bit of math on it Alex Ovechkin has missed due to the league, not because of his own health, not because of injuries, not because of anything, suspensions. He has missed 157 NHL games due to lockout and COVID-shortened seasons. Yep. If you just go based off of his career average and you give him all those games back, it came out to 96 and some change. So, I mean, you put him in the realm of 90 to 100. I've always just given him 100 and said – if he got a hundred goals and I mean, does, which, does your, which, does your calculation include him missing his 18 year old season? It does. Yes. Okay. Yep. So, 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 you know, it's right there. It's right there at about a hundred goals. And so now you, you sit there and you say, okay, so let's say, and, and obviously it's the what if game and you know, isn't it cool? But like you sure. give him those hundred goals back and you're now entering into the territory where next season you're yeah. on legitimate record watch. Yep. Forget the fact that he's got <laughs> four years after this one, um, you know. And, and and so I mean, like what what we're watching is really special, and it's going to be something really cool. And you know, hopefully, 10, 15 years to be like, yeah, I remember watching that chase go on. And once yeah. it really became realistic, um, just, like it, it's just a really cool thing to watch. And I think it's phenomenal for the game. And you bring, bring up a great point of um, the fact that this is the first year that they're on ESPN. And some of those really high-end players have just seemed to take it to a different level. Um, it's kind of perfect timing for them in the league. Yeah. Um, Seattle, Seattle's another one that I will throw in there in terms of being good for the league. Oh, see, I was going to say that that was one of the things that I thought was bad. Not for the league, but just it sucks to see an expansion team struggle as badly as they have. When yeah. they clearly had designs on like competing maybe not winning a lot right away but like you don't go out and spend 
what is it, right around $10 million um, per year for a goaltending tandem that oh, yeah, gives yeah. you league-worst goaltending. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you're, you know, like, I, I think that's it sucks that Seattle is entering into a new market. The enthusiasm is there. The market has jumped all in. And, the and team, that's what I think is good. The team is just like. Well, so uh, can, can we pause just a, on. Just a bummer. Can we pause on that for a second? Can I get your opinion coming into the season, what you expected of them? Uh, I thought that they would, I thought that they would compete for a playoff spot in the Pacific. I thought that they would have to win two one because their forward core wasn't good enough to score, but defensively and with that goaltending, I thought that they should be, they should be good enough to be in it every night. But that was a team that I felt like their goal differential should be hanging right in the plus or minus 10 range all season long where like they have hot stretches where it kind of goes up and then they have a bad week where it goes down instead they've gotten like they've given up 108 goals the only teams worse than that are arizona and montreal yeah and there are games played considerations in there too right so like they've given up 108 goals it's just it it just feels like like I wasn't a fan of what Ron Francis did in Carolina. I thought he built again like Edmonton. It was aggressively mediocre. Yeah. And I think I think that he just turned around and he pulled the same trick with Seattle where it didn't feel like there was a cohesive plan. Like they 100%. They could have tried to go harder with draft picks. They could have tried to go after Shane Wright. They could have tried to build a team that was going to compete for Shane Wright this year. And Connor Bedard and Matvey Mitchkov next year, and gone after some of the transcendent talents and been bad and tried to develop and all that. Uh, and it's they could have tried to win. They like you go back and you look at the expansion draft, them leaving some high end forward talent just sitting around, like yeah. Vlad Tarasenko instead of, you know, like obviously now knowing that Tarasenko right. is actually like solid. But you remember at the time there was a huge question mark: is he is he healthy? Is he any can he still play? Like there right. are questions, right? Voracek but, was the one for me that well, and, really and for me it was that out there. It was both because then they yeah. didn't turn around and spend any money. Right, like right. they spent enough money to be like okay, but then yeah. you look at the rest of it and it's like they could have had any number of expensive players who are off to who are having good seasons. Right. And yeah. they they're and, and they have zero goal Jonas Donskoy. Yeah. Well, and someone just put it in the in the in the chat. And again, it's easy to say this because he's off to such a good start. Matt Duchesne. Matt Duchesne was left exposed. I believe Ryan Johansson was left exposed. Yeah, I yeah, mean uh, Jacob Voracek, Vlad Tarasenko. Like there were a lot of guys that I just I couldn't yeah. believe that they didn't take any of them. Not, yeah, that, you know, if, not that they had to take all they of didn't them. Need to, like, look, if you take all of those guys, you're like, wow, we are really expensive right. and not very good. Like, right. how much better are they if they have all those guys and they're capped out for the next, like, three years where they have no <laughs> way of getting better? Yeah, they picked yeah. Gavin Bayreuther in Columbus, who right. then turned around and left as a UFA. Like, and they're, they, you know, Vegas picked some guys like that, too. There are just some teams where you're like, eh, we're good. Right, right. But, but, it but was, it they, was exactly... they left so much talent on the board. And instead right. of trying to go and find their own William Carlson, they punted. They were like, ah, we'll take these middle of the We'll take Jamie Alexiak's. We'll go with Adam Larson. We'll go with Yanni Gord. We'll go with, like, 
like solid NHL players that just aren't special. Well, that just don't do anything. They don't, there's, there's no high or low. Like they're just, they just sort of exist in the gray area of the NHL. And that's exactly where they ended up. Well, and, and, and then the one player that they do take off the team, you know, that, that is kind of one of those more significant names is Jonas Donskoy. And that has got, so like the, one of the few names, like you said, in addition to like Yanni Gordon stuff, one of the few names that they really took really hasn't done anything for him. You add, Whoa. you add Jacob Voracek to that group with, with Eberle and Donskoy and Gord. If you add two of those guys that we listed, Voracek, Tarasenko, Duchesne, uh, um, Tarasenko, whatever, how much better are they? And I think it's significant and they still, um, and they still had plenty of room to go do stuff or well, go and, the complete they, opposite direction. They rolled into free agency. They gave Alexander Wenberg four and a half million dollars, right? Yeah. Like they, that was a UFA deal coming off of a 29 point season in Florida, which was his bounce back. Like it was okay. Right. But this was a dude that who had almost, who had almost 60 points once upon a time. Yep. And has like been living, he's been getting paid off of that ever since. And then they go in and they give in super injury prone 29 year old Jaden Schwartz a five year deal. Yeah. At five and a half million. And like he's done everything for them. Yeah. He's the one thing, he's the one thing that they did that actually turned out. But it's like it, it, you guys didn't get them any help down the middle, like Jared McCann. Right. Okay. He's fine. He's having a fine season. He's not bad. But it's it was just they they just seemed to like walk the middle line of like mm-hmm. we got all these guys like they Jeremy Lazan and Hayden Flurry and Carson Susie and Vince Dunn to go with Alexiak and Larson, where you're just like, how many second and third pairing defenders do you guys have? <laughs> well they they didn't seem to commit to anything yeah one way or the other commit to all right we're gonna be bad and we're gonna get in the draft conversation we're gonna acquire picks because that's the other thing that like and obviously the the vegas expansion was like such a lightning in a bottle type thing oh totally where like they they maximize every player they got and well, they every guy on draft picks. every guy that they had had a career year in year one right where it was, it's like they all went ham like the William Carlson scored 40 goals. Eric Howla had like 55 points. Like, right. It was right. insane, dude. Well, and, and, but then on the, on the flip side of that, you, you give them the credit because like for the, uh, I don't remember what it was. They actually ended up picking from Florida, but Florida gave them Jonathan Marcheseau and Riley Smith. Yeah. For, for nothing to take someone else. Like, they they just they made moves like that where they just they gave themselves so many more lottery tickets than I feel like the Kraken did. Where it's like, yeah, you're no one was expecting the Kraken to make the run to the the Cup final on like a you know an amazing season, but Vegas just gave themselves such a better chance to do that while still maximizing on draft picks and prospects that they have then turned into, you know. Um, yeah, they turned two of their Pacioretty three first rounders into Mark Stone and Pacioretty, which right. like, okay, hey, you wanna you wanna take your early success, which you know is fluky, and legitimize it, go get legitimate players. That's exactly what they did. Yeah. If they don't win a cup with it, then okay, great. Then all they did is they gave a brand new market right 
a three conference finals, about. three conference finals appearance in his first four years. Yeah. And that's if they don't accomplish anything from here on out. Right. Right. Like maybe they don't win the cup with it, but I mean, you want to establish yourself in a market? It's a good fucking way to do it. Right. Well, and then they just added Jack Eichel, who is still very yeah, we'll young. See. And like now, now you've got a, what do you mean? I mean, we'll we'll see how it goes. We we'll see oh, how oh, oh, oh. we'll see how he goes, and we'll see how he is when he returns. But I mean, all the pieces are in place for them to be special. Well, and what, what I was going to say about Eichel is like that is now someone who is on a long term deal, who's young, who it should should be you know a star in this league for a long time. Like they just they seem to again they caught lightning in a bottle, and they said, "Cool, we're we're going all in on this now." Like yeah. they pick they operate the lane. With no fear. Right. And, and Seattle no just seems like they are just driving down the shoulder of the road with the hazards on. Like, we're not really sure where we want to be yet, <laughs> but we're on the road. I like we that are analogy. On the road. Yeah. Like, uh, so, so it's just, uh, I, I think it's good for the NHL in, in, in on the whole, because that market really does seem to be excited about it. Seattle's a great sports town. Um, they've got great facilities. They're selling out every night. Like that is yeah. really good. But your year one is easy, right? Like year right. one is easy, but you've got to figure out what do you want to be. You have to figure out your identity. You have to establish a culture. You you've got to figure out who you want to be on the ice. And right now, Seattle isn't anywhere in that regard. I, I agree with you on the Ron Francis thing. I, I thought that was a weird hire just because he didn't really have like a like he built an okay Hurricanes team right, that right. went to a different level when they got lucky with Svechnikov, uh, and then went hard on maximizing that that defense. Yeah, and yeah. taking chances in goal. Like they um, they caught a little, they caught some breaks after he left that helped get them to a different level, but also mm-hmm. like they were okay, like they were solid with him. Right, they, right. They yeah. weren't bad by any means, but they just, it was hard to envision them getting to a different place. And now it's not, right. you know, I was a big doubter of them coming into the season, but not anymore, man. They're Car- Carolina, they're, you mean? Yeah. I think they're perfectly legit. It was really just, I didn't trust that their goaltending was going to hold up that this like parade of goalies. Yeah. Yeah. Where that they just keep rolling in and out. I didn't, I didn't trust that it was going to go their way. And I feel like they've has. done that since Cam Ward, like since Cam yeah. Ward, won a Stanley cup. That's what they've done is just like, well, let's I mean, see what this guy can do. It's been, it's been Razik. It's been Reimer. It was Nadelkovich, And now it's Freddie Anderson. Yeah. So yeah. like they just, they just keep maximizing them in the Leafs, huh? Just kind of keep swapping goalies back and forth. Yeah. With the exception of Del- Nadelkovich. Yeah. It's really like the, the Leafs get rid of somebody and the Canes are like, well, we'll take that. Yeah. We we'll try that. you. <laughs> Uh, AJ, do you got anything else league wide that just like has really stuck out to you one way or the other? Uh, I think it's been outside of COVID. I think it's been really, really disappointing to see what's happened with the Islanders. Um, yeah, just just their they've they've really like Abs fans want to talk about how much bad luck the Abs have had, which has been a ton. But the Islanders, thirteen game road trip to start the season, then they get home. They're destroyed by injuries. They're destroyed by COVID. They play several games with an, uh, just a decimated lineup because of COVID. 
before the league decided that they were going to shut team down, teams down again. And the, the Islanders were just in such bad shape. And then they finally pulled the plug and shut them down for a few days. And uh, it's not, it's not that they've rebounded wonderfully, but they're starting to find themselves a little bit. And I just think that's a bummer because I mean, you're talking, they lost one, nothing in game seven to Tampa Bay last year. Like they were this close to getting to a cup final and maybe even winning that thing. I mean, an Islanders Canadians cup final would have been, cause for seppuku for a lot of people but I, I i tell you i think that that they were this they were this close and then to see them kind of respond the way that they have it's been you know obviously i'm biased here but it's been a bummer no, but, yeah no no and, and, and i would agree with that because look it's it's one of the nhl's biggest markets yeah. new york and the islanders fans are extremely <laughs> passionate you got a new yeah. arena opening up um, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why, you know, we've spent a lot of this segment talking about what's good for the league and good for the game and good for attracting new fans and stuff like that. Having, having the New York Islanders be a good team is really good for the league. It, then, and similarly, Florida, I think on the other side of this, that's the, they, if it's ever going to work in Florida, it's gotta be a team like this. Well, in, in the, the Florida conversation is so funny because I saw someone when we, um, we were talking about the on on Twitter, the attendance turnouts and how someone was like, well, hockey clearly hasn't worked in Florida. And it's like, well, <laughs> depends on what you're talking about, because yeah. Tampa was at the high end of that list. So it's like, yeah, the state of Florida. I don't know if that necessarily holds true, but <laughs> Sunrise, one of the most popular retirement communities in North America, yeah, it hasn't worked out great. Well, so, those yeah, are those are some things that you definitely think of as synonymous are retirees and hockey. Yeah, right. Of course. I mean, that's just a natural hand in hand. Yep. Uh, it's always been that way. It'll always be that way, right? <laughs> Hong Kong. Um. Cool. Anything else on that? Um. No, I'm good. Cool. Me too. So since we're both good, let me take this moment to remind you guys, Jesse Montano, AJ Hayfley, waiting for Nathan Rudolph uh, to show up uh, and, uh, and and back us up a little bit here on some of our abs takes. But while we wait for that, I want to remind you guys about one of our newest partners, Lightshade Dispensary. Uh, make sure you use the code DNVR for 25% off each pur- uh, purchase. Dude, I can't talk today at all. Uh, you can shop online and uh, and or visit a Lightshade location near you. Uh, this is the highest award tropical brand in Colorado. They prioritize quality and consistency with ratios available in one-to-one, high ratios of CBD, 20-to-1. They have you covered for everything you need, always using the best materials and ingredients to deliver a premium experience. Again, that promo code is DNVR. Order online gets you 25% off. You can head into the store and pick it up after that. I don't think anyone's ever going to complain about getting a discount on that. When uh, we heard that was rolling out, everyone uh, at the company was like, and uh, where is the nearest location to where I'm at right at this exact moment? Um, So make sure you're using that promo code. Also want to remind you guys about our great friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group. I am heading to Green Mountain Dental Group here uh, in the next few weeks to get a cleaning, an x-ray, the the, the whole nine yards. So um, 
join me and several all of our other of our listeners who have made the switch to Green Mountain Dental over the years uh, and make them your permanent family dentist. Uh, those listeners have personally reached out and let us know just how great their experience was. Uh, and they've honestly, they've thanked us for, uh, for sending them in the direction of such a wonderful place. There's nothing more rewarding than hearing from our listeners. So please go and tell us about your experience. Uh, Green Mountain Dental Group is located right there in Lakewood, and they really are, guys. They're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area, and they are extreme Colorado sports fans, just like all of us. And remember, if you go and you get a cleaning, an x-ray, and an exam at Green Mountain Dental Group, you will receive a free Sonicare toothbrush today. This is DNVR Avalanche Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings. Jesse Montano, AJ Hayfley, getting going on period two here. Uh, so let's switch this over. Let's talk more abs focused. We've kind of gotten out some of the big things that stick out for us in the league. AJ, where do you want to start? Good or bad? Bad. Bad. Let's uh, let's hear it from you first. What do you think has been one of the bad things for the abs this year? Bad Seven, team, trend, whatever. 75.6% PK. Yeah. 28th? I think it's stinky. Yeah, and what's been so weird about that penalty kill has just looked different to me this year. They look a lot less cohesive. Uh, I feel like there were stretches last year where um, that PK was not only, you know, it went through really, really good stretches last year, but like when you watched them, you never felt like they were going to get scored on. You never felt like they were giving up the big chances. You felt like teams were having to earn scoring opportunities and, and, and goals. I, I just, I've caught myself more often this year being like, yo, what are they like? They're just running around on that PK. And that's, what's leading to so many open lanes. You and I got into a uh, conversation. We'll call it about, um, you know, there was a play several weeks ago where um, I don't remember who they were playing at this point. EJ came sliding across to, to block a pass and we were arguing about the slide, but Ottawa. really one of those, it was Ottawa. That's right. But really like it was one of those things where now looking back on it relative to this conversation, it's like, no, that whole team was just like kind of out of sync and you led to a guy being that wide open. And like that to me has been the issue regardless of the personnel is the process just looks bad. It's process has been horrific. Yeah. Um, there's no getting around it. They, they're one of the worst penalty kills in the league. Their results um, are bad, but also like, yeah. Are they getting any saves from their goalies on the PK? No, they're not getting much help. They're also getting lit up in terms of the kinds of chances they're giving up. Right. right. So it's like, okay, so the, the goalies have to basically be unbelievable in order to make saves on the PK. Because the quality of chances they're giving up are insanely good. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah, no, it's it, – like, honestly, there, there's even been a few power plays just recently in the last couple of weeks um, where I've noticed goaltenders are making big stops. They're making a number of big saves, and the team still gives up a goal. And it's just one of those things where it's like, if your goalie gives you that type of support – and, again, that's not – universal it's not every penalty kill but like if you do get a handful of big saves like you've got to help them you've got to compete for them to help get to the end of that kill 
if they make a couple big stops and keep a couple goals off the board, you've got to reciprocate that. There's a funny comment here in the, in the chat where they talk about the fact that it's really weird because like they're scoring shorthanded points at like an all time <laughs> clip, Yeah. <laughs> but yet they, they're still, their PK is 28 in the league. Like it, it's um, special teams in general. I'll, I'll kind of build on that. One of my bads for this year. Yeah has been the, the power play in terms of zone entries. Now you were without Nathan McKinnon for a stretch there. And he's, I know, you know, he's one of your big drivers in terms of actually carrying the puck over the blue line and establishing possession. But I feel like more this season than ever, I can think of entire two minute power plays where they literally waste the whole thing, just trying to get the zone <laughs> into the zone. Yeah. And it's frustrating because, like, you'll see them win a, an offensive zone faceoff where they can finally establish zone pressure. And, I mean, dude, that puck snaps around on that power play. You have one of the best power play units in the league with the, with the level of skill and talent you have out there. And, and they're wasting a lot of it if a team gets one clear. A lot of it gets wasted. Where do you think the power play sits right now? In the league? Uh, yeah. I'll bet you it's higher than I'd think. Um, I'd say top 20. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, no way it's top 10, right? You're kidding. It's nine. Wow. I was going to say eight. Um, it's 0.3% behind eight, which is Boston, by the way. And, and I guess that's kind of, that's the part that maybe makes it like the bad for me is like, you are seeing once you can establish that zone pressure, you've got the weapons to just rack up power play goals. But it's been mind numbing to watch them just lack creativeness in terms of attacking the blue line this year. And you've seen when they have changed it up, how effective it's been. Um, And they just seem to resort back to that, Drop pass every yeah. time. Yeah. Welcome to the NHL. Dude, it's crazy. Um, it's nuts to me how every team runs a variation of it. Yeah. And then people are like, God, why is the Avs drop pass just so awful? And it's like, right, right. Yeah. By no means is that an Avs issue. I hate to tell this to you, <laughs> but. Yeah, um, it's yeah. funny because, like, you know me and I watch them, like, at morning skate and practice and stuff, and they do a ton of power play work, a ton of power play work. Yeah, but, but you all, know, when you're starts... going against a bad penalty kill, it all works a lot better. <laughs> well, but but what's so funny is they start it – they start everything established in the zone. They don't do any – almost any work in terms of – you know, setting up in your structure, coming from your own end, coming through the neutral zone. Um, so again, when they get set up, they can snap that puck around with, with the best teams in the league. And I think that's kind of what you see there with them being sitting, you know, sitting at nine. Um, but yeah, it's a matter of getting there. Um, another bad for me, which. I don't feel like anybody would be able to guess the top 10 for the power play percentage. 
I'm sure Edmonton has to be up there. Oh yeah. I mean, I think I think people could get a couple of the teams along the way, but actually put them in order. I feel like people would be awfully surprised that among the best power play teams right now are St. Louis, Dallas, Anaheim, and the Rangers and Preds. Yeah. Just no. seems like especially Anaheim, which last year had the worst power play in recorded NHL history and is now 26.7%. After humming along at a cool 8% <laughs> last year. Well, that almost that almost does make sense. Just in terms of like, because you see that a bunch of those teams that you just listed are like kind of overachieving right now. It's like, oh, you're just kind of coasting on some hot power plays right now. Yeah, like you look at a team like Dallas, which is not a team that scores very much. Uh-huh. And it's like, this is where their success comes from. Yeah. <laughs> they have to they have to capitalize on power plays because they're not scoring at even strength. Yeah. Um, and then obviously like Anaheim and the Rangers are just like, mm, we'll see. Right. Yeah, Troy Terry, what's up? What's up on the power play? Um, another one that's bad for me, and I and I hate putting it here because I think it's actually been there, there's been way more ups than people will give it credit for. Can we just like say injuries and then just move on? Oh like yeah, every, everybody understands injuries. Yeah, like yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. we're good. Injuries cool. are the big one. That one's number one on the list. Has we're gone gone bad. Boom. Yeah. Way up Done. the top. <laughs> Done. Moving on. Yeah. The injuries have sucked. Um, but you know, obviously the goaltending. Um, oh man. You know, it's it's. I I think Darcy Kemper has had more good games than people give him credit for. He's had better. Um, I would agree. You know, he he's made some bigger saves than people will necessarily give him credit for. Um, the bad games have just been... The bad games have just dragged it down, and, and that's what s- sticks out to people. Yeah. They've been ghastly. Right, right. Well, and, and honestly, you know, there was someone... Uh, actually, I think it was you and me. We were talking about, um, you know, where his save percentage was sitting, and literally just by removing the one Senators game, which you can't do because he played it, whatever... But that's a game that he came out of the net twice for equipment problems. Um, you know, he had a goal that went off his face because him and Ryan Murray got tangled up and he couldn't move. Like, <laughs> this is a good um, one, yeah. So, you know, like, th- like there, there is context to it. And if you take that one game out, he is almost at a 9-15. This was a couple weeks ago. Um, so, it, 19 starts. Mm-hmm. Any guesses on how many he's had over 900 uh, save percentage in? say 14 11 damn so that's still way too many 11 11 uh 11 to i guess this this also counts the one game against anaheim where he only played 14 minutes because yeah, of yeah, the equipment yeah. thing yeah <laughs> uh so let's say 18 starts yeah we'll just <laughs> anecdotally we'll say 18 yeah. so 11 of 18 but 11 to 7 still isn't good enough for a starting goaltender that right like a starting goaltender that you're expecting to be high end, not right. That you were like, expecting to be in the hey, best conversation. Just, we're just trying to get by here with this guy. Right. We took a chance on him. You gave a fucking first round pick for this guy. 11 over 900 is not good enough. Well, and, and it, it, it's, it's a guy that you brought in that, and I think pretty universally across kind of the hockey world, there were people that said, take Darcy Kemper and you take the abs and you put those together. You may have a Vesna candidate on your hands. You've got yeah. a real Stanley Cup contender on your hands. Um, 
and I still think he can get to that level. I don't, I don't think I think he's kind of missed the boat for the Vesna. But I mean, I still it would think take he, a crazy run, right? Right. But I think he could still get into that level of play ho- heading into the playoffs, which is what you're hoping for. Um, but just given what the expectations were, I, I do think that's a good stat, though, because I think if you were to ask the vast majority of fans, they would think that it's the other way eight good starts and 11 bad ones. And I think that just kind of proves that, no, he's been better than people say, just not to the level that people have thought. Well, the other thing is, is how many, how many games in which he's given up less than three goals? Because it's a three goal league. Right. Oftentimes you get to three, you're supposed to win. So you're trying to get, you're trying to shut it down at two, right? So how many times has he given up less than three? I would say that is probably flipped where it's close to like eight and 11. It's eight. Yeah. So he's had like, he's had two, three goal games where he had to make 40 saves. And now, right. And and there is also the other one where like Seattle, they give up three goals in the third of a seven, nothing blowout. So like, and that's why I just say like, I definitely think that it's been a bad, but I I don't want to put too much like, anger into that just because I, I i i think the perception out there is way worse way worse than what the reality has actually been yeah and like there are some there are some games like you you do look at like say the dallas game in dallas where he gives up two goals in the first minute one of which is not his fault in the slightest right right and gives up one goal for the last 58 minutes of that game <laughs> right so you know like there's some there are some things here where you're like hey look there it takes a, ex- it takes a village here right and, and you and i say it all the time it's not excuses it's context yeah Th- those are still real things he still gave up those three goals but yeah absolutely over the course of 58 minutes 58 and a half minutes he gave up one and there was just a you know a crazy kind of start to the game. Doesn't make those goals any less real, but yeah. Um, but it's AJ, it's it's like like that first goal is like your defense totally blows it on the first shift of the game, and you give up a goal, right? And it's like it gets hung on the goaltender. Like that set gets hung on the goaltender, right? Uh, so I I don't think anybody could argue or would argue that Darcy Kemper has been nearly good enough. No, and then and then there's there is um, just one last piece of context to it. That PK is terrible. That PK cleans up at all. Yeah. How much better do those numbers look? You know, um, for goaltending across the board, not necessarily just Darcy Kemper. Yeah, I mean, you you just kill off one extra PK every two games, and right. you're doing just fine. Right. Um, AJ, any other bad? I've got one other teeny tiny one myself, but uh, any other bads for you? Uh, losing, uh, Jonas Johansson. I know people are not going to like that, but like that you know, is it, a net negative bad. It happened in a weird sort of schedule where, yeah. uh, we were not doing shows and then COVID. games. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just sort of, it just sort of happened and we didn't really get into it very much, but you're like, how did you, how did you feel about that? You know, man, honestly, I mean, I, I'm putting it in the bad for a reason. Um, I always looked at Jonas Johansson through the lens of this is a third goaltender. This is an AHL starter that probably got a way 
a, a much more extended look than most AHL goaltenders get um, at the NHL level because there were two injuries that just so happened to back up to each other perfectly um, that kept him from ever being sent back down. Um, you know, he was brought in to be the third guy that if you got through multiple goaltenders, you had to go to this guy. Um, and I thought within that lens, I thought he played just fine for the abs. And that was someone who once Pavel Francouz came back, um, I felt very comfortable with knowing that, hey, look, you hope you never have to get to him uh, as a starter for more than a game. Um and if he needs to come in in a backup role, he's totally serviceable. If you have an injury that you need him to come in and make a couple starts over the course of two weeks, 10 days, you feel fine with it. Um, I thought that was a blow for the abs, honestly, within that context. I, I think you're um, hard pressed to find a third goaltender at that money um, that turned in the results that he did for you. People are going to remember the the Toronto game, uh, sure, but he had a winning record as an Av, and I want to say his career as an Av was over 900. Um, uh, let me see. Nope. No, it wasn't. Eight, 895. <laughs> it really... The, the Toronto end, game. The end of his Colorado tenure really sunk, sunk him. him. Yeah. Yeah. So, so no, honestly, I mean, I, I thought that was someone who was going to be good to go down and um, be able to be with Yusuf Sanon in a lot, talk to him about, you know, he just got a crash course in the NHL uh, for the last six months, working with NHL goalies, seeing NHL shots. Um, I, I thought that was someone that was good for the organization. Um, and and the other reason, unfor- which ended up, being why he left that was a guy that you felt comfortable passing through waivers i didn't yeah. think he'd get claimed i really didn't and honestly I mean, the fact I that he got either. the the fact that he got claimed by florida tells you exactly that there was one team that had yeah. interest in him yep there was one team that had interest in him because florida was dead last on the waiver claim wire yep. at that exact time and they were the ones who got him so they got literally Jonas johansson made it through the entire league and then the last team that had the opportunity to claim him did. Yep. Um, so that was one of the that was one of the other things I thought was a nice feather in the cap is hey, this is a guy that's serviceable enough as a third goaltender that you probably don't have to worry about other teams taking him. Um, and lo and behold, well, and so much of that like it's not even so much about the goalie as it is just the timing. Right. If a team just needs somebody at the time, and there's a guy out there on waivers, just claim him. Yeah, you know if Scott Wedgwood just happens to be out there, just claim him. Yeah, and then you deal with it later. You deal, you know, he has to stay on Florida's roster for a month, or if they try and send him back through waivers, the Avs can reclaim him. Reclaim him. They get priority reclaim. So, right, you know, like it's you just wait and then we'll just see how it goes, but. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I was really blown away the the anger where people were like, "What is the apps front office doing? Why are they doing this again?" Where it was just like, "I get it. You're you're mad because it's your default position." Right, right, right. Yeah, um, and, and, and it again, was just, like the, just odd. The point that I made 
constantly both in defense of JoJo and, um, you know, when when he left in, in terms of like, yeah, it's really not, it sucks, it's not that big of a deal. He was your third goaltender. Yeah, and like now that your first two are healthy, you're like, hey, you're right back to being like this position doesn't really matter that much. Right, right. And honestly, as a true Stanley, like if the Abs are going to win a Stanley Cup, it wasn't going to have anything to do with with JoJo. Like it was going to be Darcy Kemper, Pavel Francouz carrying the load, carrying you to the Stanley Cup. JoJo was literally just that insurance piece that you hope you never have to get to. Um, you know, again, I mean, that, that cool. Go get Devin Dubnik. Like, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, that's the hope is that it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, yeah, and look, like, if, if you get unlucky and you lose Kemper and Franzos to injury, I don't know what to tell you. Like, right, right. Right. Yeah. You've just gotten um, unlucky and there isn't any amount of planning that is like you think you think Carolina meant to do what they did last year? It's my favorite example of this. Alex Nadelkovich passes through waivers at the start of last year mm-hmm. and bails the hurricanes out of goaltender injuries and lives up to his potential at the very end. Right, right. Like and and and, got, and, and like now he's off to a you know great he's off to an nhl starter career i don't know and the guy passed through waivers a year ago well and, and and it even tells you a little bit about what nhl front office is like honestly and this isn't like about the players personally but like what they think about goaltenders who have that type of track record he bailed the carolina hurricanes out last year and they traded him in the offseason. Yeah. And they and they went looking for what they thought was like that was just their scouting was that they said, "Hey, we we loved what he did for us. Uh we're appreciative of it. Uh, we waited a long goddamn time for it and now we don't want to pay for it. Right. We're going to put this money towards a guy that we have a little bit more belief in. Known quantity, yeah. Yeah. And uh, right now I think they're they're proving to be both right and wrong. Nadelkovich looks like he's for real in Detroit, at least solid. And Freddie Anderson's been awesome. Right. So they I don't think I don't think they're upset. Yeah, exactly. They're they're like, hey, we got a draft pick out of it. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh any other bad before we move on and and wrap all this up with some uh some positivity? Um no. You know, a really Super, super, super minor thing. Um, been a little bummed with Darren Helm. Yeah. Been been a little more Pierre Edward Belmar than I was hoping. Um, yeah. Uh, just stretches of games where you just don't notice him. Yeah. No, I, I thought that was going to be a guy that turned out to be, you know, like a – when I say big contributor, I mean within the confines of a fourth liner. But like, sure. wow, what a guy to have on your fourth line! Like, that's awesome. Um, you know what? What a big kind of boost he's going to be to that bottom uh, bottom group there. And and I fully agree. It's just been a little bit underwhelming, especially when you see him score on that breakaway. It's like he he's got the ability to like add some punch to that that fourth line. And he, he gets a break because he skated most of the season so far with J- 
Jason Megna and Kiefer Sherwood. Yeah, and that's been that's been part of the other issue here is that like he's been asked to do things either in a role that he just wasn't meant for or uh, he's doing it surrounded by guys that don't belong in the NHL. Right. And like he's not good enough to elevate that line on his own into being like, hey, maybe it's working. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then LOC just left him in the dust. <laughs> so, well, speaking of him, let's move on to our good. But first, I'm going to remind you guys about a few of our fantastic uh, partners here, starting with Snooze Sleep. I'm going to be in the market for a new mattress soon. I can't stand the one I have. Uh, Snooze is definitely going to be the first place I start. Take a look at their Snooze Flip. What is the Snooze Flip? Snooze Flip is the most universal mattress on the planet. You can customize your sleep experience to fit your needs. One side is soft, one side is firm, and you can flip it to the side that fits your body best. Uh, The cover is also reversible uh, with one side up to five degrees cooler and cozy warm on the other side. This zippable cover makes the Snooze Flip a true four-in-one mattress. It's the only four-in-one mattress with these features. Don't stress shopping through hundreds of beds online. Uh, Snooze Flip has all the features in one and will ship it straight to your door. Uh, it expands faster than most. So you can sleep on it that night. Uh, make sure to head over uh, to Snooze Sleep and check them out. Uh, same day, de- or yeah, you can sleep on it the same day as delivery, all that good stuff. Uh, make sure you guys are checking them out. They said it's going to be the first uh, stop I make when I am finally getting a new bed and getting rid of this horrible one that I have. Uh, also remind you guys about uh, our good friends over at Strava Craft Coffee. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but seriously, anything I can get delivered to me, I'm all for. Uh, now more than ever, bring it straight to my door. I don't want to have to leave. I don't want to have to go out, uh, especially, you know, me in the winter. If there's snow outside, mm-mm, bring it to me. Uh, and that's exactly what Strava does. Um, uh, Strava Craft Coffee is the CBD infused coffee. That is the ultimate gift this time of year. I got it from my dad, got him a nice, uh, nice big box of K-Cups, uh, and I had to give it to him early because I just couldn't, uh, couldn't help myself. He's absolutely loving it. Um, look, my dad's, my dad's in his 60s. He's got aches, pains, all kinds of stuff, and the CBD truly does help, mm-hmm. um, help him get better sleep, help him feel better at night, uh, take away some of those aches and pains. Um, <clears throat> head on over to Strava Craft Coffee and use a promo code DNVR25 to save 25% off your first order. Um, CBD infused coffee helps with chronic headaches, joints, pain, IBS, and so much more. Uh, no coffee jitters. If you want, uh, three or four cups a day, like most of, uh, most regular coffee drinkers head on over there. Use DNVR 25, get 25% off. Um, lastly guys, last, but absolutely not least Breckenridge brewery. Breckenridge brewery is the official beer of DNVR. And regular seltzers are now being sold in the bar. Um, you guys know we love our Breck brews and seltzies, uh, but what we love even more is the uh, the 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 oh my gosh, dude! What did you do to me? The farmhouse. Farmhouse is open again. Socially distanced. Beautiful setting outside. Uh, you can go down there and try out any of their beers: the Avalanche, Strawberry Sky, Vanilla Porter, uh, or any of the seltzers. Or like I said, just come on down to the bar. And try them all out there. Uh, call 303-803-1380 and pick, uh, for pickup and use the promo code DNVR to save $5. 
This is the DNVR Avalanche podcast brought to you by DraftKings, Jesse Montano, AJ Hayfley. I think we are just punting on Rudo for this one. I'm assuming. Um, <laughs> uh, as he's out uh, taking care of some last minute errands. So, AJ, I alluded to it. I'll start this off. Talking about some of the good here for the Avs, and especially when you look at that contract that he just signed, Logan O'Connor has to be near the top of the list of um, the good for the Avs this year, especially when you're talking about unexpected positives. Uh, I mean, he's right up there. Yeah. Uh, leads the league in shorthanded points. True. Uh, look, looks like he's finally starting to find some finish to his game uh, as well. The highlight, obviously, being the two goals in 22 seconds in New York. Uh, a couple just beautiful goals on a breakaway. That was fun. Nas- nasty toe drag. Um, this is a million-dollar player you've got for three years after this one. Who's? It was a good time, man. That was a fun day at the office. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you got you got to be feeling good if you're Joe Sackick, Jared Bednar. You got to be feeling good about having this guy locked up for a few years. Absolutely. Uh, positive for you. Let me, uh, let me, I'll frame it. I'll frame it this way. Which of these numbers surprises you the most? <laughs> okay. I'm going to give you four things that are true. Okay. I want you to tell me which one surprises you the most. Okay. Miko Rantanen leads the abs in shots on goal. Okay. Nazem Kadri leads the abs in points. Okay. By like a lot. Bowen Byram has more goals than Nathan McKinnon. <sighs> and Kill McCarr leads the NHL in goals by a defenseman. Which one surprises me most? I'm going to go yeah. with. Um, oh, Kadri. I could. I'll throw a fifth one too. Okay. Eric Johnson uh-huh. is plus 15. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Kadri. Being, being, in terms of the one that, like, if you would have listed all those things out to me at the beginning of the year, um, Kadri leading in points, I think would be the most surprising. Without a major, without, without like a huge gameplay disparity. There's a seven gameplay disparity between McKinnon and Gadry, but there's an eight point disparity between Kadri and second place Miko Rantanen. Asim Kadri has 38 points in 24 games. Yeah, dude. What the F? And, and I mean, obviously, obviously, this goes without saying, given that his point totals are so much higher than his games played. But I mean, like, dude, he's just scoring. He's just he's just putting up points in globs. Like he's Boy. not having he's not having many like one assist night. It's like two points, three points every single night. Yeah, of the since November twenty seventh, this this is just I'm just looking at his game log. He has seven games played. Four of them are multi point games. Yeah, and he has points in all those games. Right. So he only has three games in which he has just the one point. And then the other four games are multi-point games. And then the one, two, three, four, five games before the Dallas game in Dallas where he didn't register any points were all multi-point games. 
to your point of he's just rolling in points this year. Right. Right. And, and, and I mean, they're, they're also, and, and look, I know there's a lot of talk about like, Oh, well, everything's important. Everything's whatever, but like, he's not getting cheapy points when it's six to one. You know, like like he's he's putting up points. I mean, he is, games. but he's he's picking up like the first three points of the night. He's involved in two of them, right? And then right. he's also involved in slamming the door shut. Yeah. So it's so, just it, he's done what Nathan McKinnon has done, and Nathan McKinnon has been the two C in terms of production, and that's only because of his games played, mind you. Right. 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 Which I was gonna say, he's at twenty four points in seventeen games himself. Yeah. <laughs> not too bad. Yeah, uh, and considering they're legitimately playing on different lines, those are right. not guys who are playing together, getting fat together. They're getting fat separately. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that honestly is part of what's leading to these, you know, just gaudy goal totals we're seeing the abs put up. Yep. Is that's how it happens. All of your lines just keep scoring. Right. If, you know, Andre Burakovsky goes cold and everybody's mad. Got 12 goals. Found the yeah. has 10 goals in 18 games. The guy that went 92 straight games without a goal has 10 goals in 18 games. Which I still can't get over the fact that Vegas set that line at 92 and a half games in between NHL goals and he scored in the 92nd. Like scored in the third period of the right. 92nd. It just it just makes you really Freaks. think like are are these dudes just good at this or are they real life time travelers just taking everybody's money? It really does make you when something like that happens where you're just like what? Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah. I, all of my, those things you just said the, the My favorite is Byram has more goals yeah, than McKinnon. I was just about to say that. Now do you look at any of the fact that McKinnon only has three goals as not necessarily a positive? Um, but like Nathan McKinnon, again, he's got 24 points in 17 games. He's only got three goals. He's finding ways to be effective. He's finding ways to be dangerous. Yeah. I His tweeted this out the other day. 16 yeah. of 17 games played. He has a point. Right. He only has he's, one scoreless game this season. He's He's finding ways to be effective and he's, making people around him better. Like they're winning games that he's in by, you know, they're putting up a ton of goals and it's not like the Nathan McKinnon show, you know, not to go all the way back to the first segment and like, not to sound too much like John Tortorella here, but it's not like, wow, the Oilers won seven to one and McDavid had a hat trick and dry had four goals. Like, it's like, Oh, sick. Yeah. Two goal scores across seven different goals. Like the abs are having nights like that where they have six different goal scores, seven different goal scores, you know, five different goal scores. Like they're getting contributions. And, and a lot of that, it's nice to see Nathan McKinnon finding ways to contribute in that part of the game as well. They have five guys who have 10 goals already. Mm-hmm. We're talking that's five guys and a, and a, a sixth in Landis who has nine goals in 22 games and 27 points in 22 games. Uh, you're talking all of these guys are on pace for, like, are on 82-game paces for career highs. And all of them are near 30 goals pace. 
Yeah. Um, and when I, I should clarify, uh, Kale McCarr already is in a career high in goals. Yeah. His yeah. previous was 12, his rookie year. <laughs> so he's got 13 in 2023 games. Dude. <laughs> because he's a fucking freak of nature. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, he really is. Um, another positive for me, uh, I'm going to go with Jared Bednar. Look, like, of the course start you of this... would. Me? Yeah. Jared well, Bednar, I... fanboy over here. Uh, I think he's phenomenal. Jared, he's phenomenal Jared, coach. He's my man. He is. You got to replace that fire, that fireplace in your background with just a picture of Jared. I will for next show. Don't even think I won't. Uh, no, dude, I, I, I just I like that, that YouTube uh, video ended. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell? This is oh, so damn, funny. We've, we've, we've been doing this for way longer than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> well, we spent the first several minutes uh, kicking tires waiting for Rudo, and then Rudo's just not going to show up. So we're like, okay, well. Didn't do us like that. Um, no, man, but but honestly, I, I say that because – I think there was a big spotlight on him this year um, coming out of, uh, you know, a second round exit. Yeah. And there was a lot of pressure on him to be, you know, to get this team going right away. They yeah. stumbled a little bit. And now you take, you take a step back and look at this record in the last 15 games. Like, I don't think the ads have gotten enough credit nationally for this run that they're on right now. Yeah, it's, I mean, when you consider the injuries and when you go and you do look at, like, uh, the man games lost stuff, um, you see that the abs have their first place in quality of players lost mm-hmm. this year. And this is, hasn't proven anything until he gets them past the second round. What the fuck does that even mean? Yeah. Uh, like, just... hasn't proven anything, really? Anything? <laughs> like, just completely eliminate NHL coach off his resume if they don't get out of the second round. He's never even been yeah. an NHL coach. Like, ah, uh, there there are, if you go and you look at the last couple of years, you look at the last three years, the Avs are one of the only teams to get out of the first round each year. But the coach and, hasn't and I just, proven I anything. Just, I just cannot. I can't, anything. I, I can't ever get over the fact either that whether it be the coach or this group, this second round narrative around them is yeah. so made up and flawed. It's well, such, it's, it's such it a, just I have ignores else reality. To, right. It's such a, I have nothing else to be yeah. angry about. I can't enjoy sports unless I'm angry. So I'm going to be mad that this team who overachieved two years in a row to get to the second round is now suddenly this like, Oh, that's what that's what this team is all about. They can't like, get out of the second round. Yeah, and like in those three years, one true, like no no doubt about it, hundred percent. No no nonsense. A true blue letdown, yep. and a legitimate disappointment. Yep. But you had a one overachievement, and then you had one. There are asterisks all over the Edmonton all bubble. All over it. All, all over it. it. It's, like, it's an Edmonton bubble where the season yeah. was paused for multiple months. And then when they came back, by the time they got to game seven, they're missing like six regulars and they're starting and backup goalies. Yeah. It was and it they, was it, it was six regulars and both goalies. And they hit a post in that overtime. They're a post away from going on to the conference finals. Then what do people have to be mad about? 
if that team yeah. gets out of the second round when they shouldn't have, and, 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 you know, Jared Bednar said after, Hey, if we get out of that round, we are without all of those players for pretty much the entire conference finals. Yeah. Would then people be mad that they didn't make it to the cup finals with that team? Like, it's just, it's all so made up the yeah. Vegas series. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You there's... put it perfectly. No bones about it. Be upset about that. The team should have got the team's pissed about it. You're up two to nothing. And you lose four straight, one hundred percent. But uh, there were there them- were a lot of things that went into it. There were a lot of things they could, but like ultimately, like there's no getting around that. You right. You won the president's trophy. You had expectations. That's of those second round series. That's the one that hurts that's because the that's that, hurts. that one hurts for a reason. Like yeah. that one's the one that's the letdown. The other ones, you're like, okay, even if they get to the conference finals with Michael Hutchinson. They get swept by Vegas the next right. save, the next round. Right. They had no like they were not. You mean you just said it like they were not going to be competitive in the next yeah. round. They just they didn't have them, and that was that's just reality. But like they 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 have one major disappointment, and it was also a second round series against the team that they tied for the President's Trophy with. Right. So it's like you're you're just like look, it was a huge letdown because they were teams... up they were up two nothing. But that's also of the three teams that they played, that was the best team that they had. It's also the best team that they've played in the second round. Well, so and, it's just and... like like and everybody would have agreed. Like had you seen that series in the finals, it would have been a great final series. Oh right, and and just that was also just wasn't. That was also one when that series was sitting there at two to two. You were saying one of these organizations is going to feel like a massive failure letdown yeah. because they, they, the president's trophy was decided on a, a tiebreaker yeah. between those two teams. Both those teams had expectations to finally get over the hump and whichever one lost, it was going to be a huge disappointment for, and it's yeah. super unfortunate. The abs are on that side. It was a massive disappointment. You, you can say a thousand things about that series, and most yeah. of them are probably true. But the fact that the two years before that, both of them, the first year they overachieved, beat the hell out of the Flames, lost in game seven. Don't need to get into the Landeskog thing. Well, uh, and, and they also, it's also like, oh, wow, we're supposed to give the Avs credit because they, they beat an overrated Flames team and then like the 11th rated Coyotes or. Uh, then like the second worst team to make the postseason in the blues, like, Oh, we're supposed to be impressed because they did that. And it's like, all right, if it was so fucking easy, why right. did, why, why couldn't Nashville beat those same coyotes? Why is it that the coyotes won a series to get there? And right. why is it that they're, they're one of the only two, I think they're one of only two teams to get out of the first round. Those all three of those years, if it's yeah. just that easy, right. Why aren't other teams doing it? Right. Right. So well, I, like, I would it's, imagine it's, it's not it's it's not worthy worthy of hanging a banner. If that's the high mark in an era, that's not good enough. Not not nearly good enough given the talent on hand. But that's not the argument. It's always just like, oh well, they made the second round. And I'd have to and imagine that, like, come on, dude. You think people right. in Buffalo wouldn't straight <laughs> kill a motherfucker to get to the second round of the postseason? Like, right. come on. And I'd there was a the time not that long ago that Avs fans would have felt that way too. Right. The other team I'm assuming is the Islanders. Yeah. And you, like you look at where they're at right now and it's like 
what the abs are doing over this stretch right now, like it is tough to do. It is tough to do. And this yeah, goes all the way sucks. back to my, to, to my initial point of why I think Jared Bednar has, has ultimately become a positive to this point in the season. Yeah, Cause this team I, was at a, a was at job. a, was at a tipping point when this season started, they could have gone kind of the way that we've seen the Islanders go and struggle to stay near the top, or they could go the other direction and given the man games lost and all that stuff. Um, I think he's done a really good job of making, of putting this team back in a competitive, um, competitive spot. Yeah. Look, points percentage, they're, they're one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, they're eighth in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Like they're yeah. eighth in the NHL. Like they, and you consider they have played zero games with their 100% lineup. Yep. They haven't spent a single minute this season with their optimal lineup on the ice. So it's not nothing, man. He's done a good job navigating some really, really murky territory. Yeah. They were four, five and one to start four, five and one. And since then they have gone 13, three and one. Yeah. Gotta feel pretty good about that. Yeah, if I agree, I agree with Evan. Look, if they don't, if they don't get past the second, look, if they don't get past the second round in the next two years, yeah. this year, the next year, like, look, those those first couple of years come with the the caveat that they were on the ascent, and then the second year was obviously the injury, Edmonton right. bubble weirdness, which likely will never be repeated again. Right. Like, just yeah, a hope. totally bizarre atmosphere where you're just like, what the fuck is any of this? Right. They don't have their home ice advantage, which they would have had. They don't have any of that stuff, right? So it's just a totally weird, like a totally weird whatever that I'm willing to just bin entirely. Uh, but like last year, high expectations, high regular season results did not, did, like second round loss for a President's yep. Trophy winner is absolutely, that sucks. Yep, so it, it, like, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a disappointment. It's not Tampa Bay getting swept in the first round. But it's 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 a bummer. Yeah. But the next two years, if they lose in the second round, given the teams that they have, given the expectations around this club, it's absolute that then you're having a very then real conversation. Yep, yep. Then it's very. There's a one. totally different stigma. I don't care what kind of in, like. I don't. I don't even throw the caveat of they didn't even have Nazem Kadri for the Vegas series. They were healthy enough to win that series. They were ten minutes away from having a three nothing series lead. They were this close. And they yep. just couldn't shut the door. They just couldn't shut the door. So it's a problem until it's not. But it's also, if you count those, if, if you like run with this idea that they, oh, they can't get out of the second row. Like it's a, it's, you're working, you're working hard to, to feed an, a kind of a bullshit narrative. Right. Right. Like it's factually true, but anybody that's paying attention knows that it's nonsense. Yeah. No, I agree hundred percent. Um, AJ, we're at an hour 13. Do you have yeah. anything else in terms of positives or? So, I mean, there's so many of them, right? I do, it's right. weird. People are like, oh, this is a negative pod. I don't feel like I've been, I think, I think Gabe Landeskog has kicked major ass this year and I, I want to continue to shout him out, but really outside of the Bo Byram injury, you're talking about Alex Newick and Bo and Byram both living up to their potential early yeah. on this season where it looks like. Not only do you have current generation, but you might have a legit next gen of star players. Yeah, both of those guys look like they could be high end impact players for you moving down the road. Yep, and that's the kind of thing 
that feeds the championship beast. Yeah. I so. mean, that's how, that's how you stay relevant for a decade. You know, you yeah. look at some well, of these teams that have been, you get top. those guys on the cheap for a year or two while you spend money on other guys in front of them. That's how, that's how you, you know, win a championship and then compete, stay competitive for more of them down the road. So yeah. I've, if Byram can ever get healthy and stay healthy, man, and Newhook just continues to play as well as he has, even if his points production will drop off a little bit. Mm. Right. Right. And, and I mean, then you add that to what, 21, 22 year old Kale McCarr. And it's just. Yeah, it's, but it's freakish, man. Like, it's freakish. Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree that I think after that first stretch of 10 games, it's been a, it's been a ton of positives. Uh, and I think we could honestly, and maybe we'll. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to, but we, you know, we could easily do another one of these pods where we could go into more positives and negatives um, just pertaining to the abs, not even having to go full scope NHL. Um, I I think there's a lot of good stuff to talk about here, but don't want this to go to to drag on too long. Thank you guys for sticking. Oh my God. Beat up the beat. Um, Jesse's worst nightmare. Is that, did Allie take over for you here or something like that? Absolutely. Hi. <laughs> oh my gosh, she did. I was like, she either told you here about this or she jumped on. That it's is hilarious. T-shirt oh, time. Oh, I guess I uh I guess I could have been reading this. Yes. Uh... <laughs> I didn't know that was also in there. That's amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh yeah, thank you. Good to see you. Good to see you. Well, on that note, let's get the hell out of here. Uh <laughs> Yeah, no, no Rudo today, but we'll be back at it tomorrow. AJ will not be on tomorrow. He's going to be uh, driving safely to Texas. Uh, so it'll be me and Rudo. And may, I don't know, maybe we'll grab someone else. And maybe Allie will continue to torment me um, all day. Keep coming back. I'm going to have more festive uh, fireplaces going all week uh, leading up to Christmas. AJ, drive very, very, very safe, sir. Um, and we will, uh, we will talk to you at some point this week. AJ isn't signing off for the week, just the next couple days. Uh, as he makes a trek. So we will definitely see and hear from him. Uh, make sure you're following him. Make sure you're following me as we uh, head out to be covering those first couple games back from uh, the COVID pause. Like, subscribe, turn on notifications so you know when this show is going live and you never miss a minute. For AJ Hayfley and the non-existent Rudo, uh, Allie and you here, always helping make sure that uh, you guys can see and hear us and we sound great. Uh, I'm Jesse Montano. Thank you guys all so much for listening.